Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionise your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Hi, I'm Tony Brooks and welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series where we look at shifting your thinking so you see your world differently and do more of the right things as a leader. And what we're going to be looking at today is skill number eight in the Think, See, Do model. So skill number eight out of nine. And this actually builds on skill seven, which was the subject of the last podcast. In skill seven, we were looking at freeing up your thinking so that you become more strategic and creative. What this podcast is focused on is getting more clarity in terms of your direction, your strategic direction, you might want to call it. It's actually called an inspiring future vision, but it is about creating a vision for the future for your organisation that's both compelling for you and also compelling for the people around you. Because there's that famous quote, isn't there, I think, that says, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. And I think in simple terms, this is about knowing where your point B is from your point A where you are now. Because if you have clarity, first of all, in terms of where you are, I'm going to come to that in a moment, but then you also know your point B where you want to get to, then as long as you keep those consciously in mind in your day-to-day activities, in your planning, then you have a much greater chance of reaching your destination. It's like getting into a car, isn't it, and using a sat-nav. I mean, basically, you plumb in the postcode or the place you want to go in your sat-nav, and then on a moment-to-moment basis, you're making sure you're taking the left turn, the right turn, going around the island the right way, so that you're keeping on track. But ultimately, you have clarity of that direction. So that's what we're going to be looking at. I think it also is important to reference skill number four in the Think, See, Do model, which was how you think about your people. And that was about the culture that you build within your organisation, the culture that you build within your teams. And the, the culture is, a, is an important foundation in terms of delivering on this strategic long-term vision that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. That's a really essential piece to do. And interestingly, I've been doing a lot of work the last couple of weeks with clients on this whole culture piece, values, behaviours, and keeping everyone in line. But that's really fundamental to achieving the, the, the point B that you want to get to. So I touched on it a little while ago, but it is about, first of all, knowing where you are first. Now, I use a number of uh, diagnostic and assessment tools. There's the Think, See, Do Diagnostic that's available on my website that you can take for free. There's different audits that you can go and take from other people. I've got a, a business evaluator tool, a simple business evaluator tool that I use with my clients. But fundamentally, it's about assessing where you are, first of all, because you need to get clarity on where you are, how you're performing in your um, in your sales and marketing, how you're performing in terms of leading your people, how you're performing in terms of customer service, what is your operational and systems performance like, where are the issues? You can do a simple test where you can just actually go and rate those out of 10, 10 obviously being as perfect as it could get to, and then start to think about why there's a gap and what you need to do to close the gap because that can build into the aspects of the vision that you want to create for the future. But let's talk about the the vision in more detail. What I'm going to talk about on the podcast today really fundamentally is three aspects 
and that is your aspirational vision, your future direction that's in a more structured, done in a more structured way. And I've got a tool that I'll elaborate on when we get to that bit. And finally, we're talking about here how your organisation is seen. So the third part of the podcast, we're going to look at how customers see you and what would be your ideal position in terms of how your customers see you. So let's start with aspirational vision, because I think having a dream for your organisation, um, even for yourself, really, is a really engaging way of looking into the future. You can engage your people both in actually putting it together in the first place, certainly in sharing it to inspire them. But I think with millennials more and more, I think everyone wants to have an idea of what, what the purpose is of the business and where are we looking to get to? What are we looking to be? So an aspirational vision, if you've not come across that kind of concept before, is typically, I'd say, a succinct sentence that captures what big success would look like in the future, a big goal, a dream of what would be amazing to achieve. And I say you can actually do this for your organisation, but you as a leader can have an aspirational vision for what life would look like for you in the future. You know, that may well be scaling down, selling off the business. It might be just having um, a very uh, sort of minimal role in the business, overseeing it, but actually bringing in the right management structure so you can step away from it. I've seen that with clients I've worked with. So it's thinking about what life looks like for you in the future and, and how the business interrelates to that. But to help you with this aspirational vision idea, I thought I'd just share a few examples of other companies that have done this. So first of all, let's start. And I'm going to use examples that I'm pretty sure most of you will have heard of. First of all, you'll all have heard of Amazon, obviously. So Amazon's vision is to be the Earth's most customer-centric company, to build a place where people can come to to find and discover anything they might want to buy online. And if you look at the journey with Amazon when they first started, it was just books, wasn't it? But you can literally get anything on Amazon these days. So they've kept that as a continual focus in terms of the company they're looking to be. A very simple one here, but Oxfam have one, which is a just world without poverty. Now, when we're talking about aspirational visions, it is a dream. And will we ever get there? Certainly with the Oxfam one, will we ever get to a just world without any poverty at all? then obviously that's highly unlikely. However, it's still something that Oxfam strive for. It's it's for the employees of Oxfam. It's for the volunteers who work with Oxfam. It's for people that support the charity. And I, I am a regular contributor to Oxfam because I really believe in the charity. But looking an aspirational vision of building a just world without poverty. Microsoft's was a computer. They may well have changed this, actually, but I know this was historically it. It used to be a computer on every desk and in every home, all running Microsoft software. Well, they've got me, but there's a lot of Apple people that may, may not fall into that camp. Uh, so maybe their aspirational vision has shifted, but certainly that was one early on anyway. This might make you, uh, might you, might make you smile. This is one that's driven more by competition. And this is definitely not where I would go, but I'm just sharing it as um, an example. Honda used to have one, which was about destroying Yamaha. And that was it. That was their aspirational vision. Um, Sony's I really like, actually. Sony's aspirational vision, historically, was to become the company most known for changing the worldwide poor quality image of Japanese products. And I think they achieved that vision very much. I think a lot of people, most people these days, you think Sony, they would think of um, high quality products. And certainly I've got Sony products and you know there's, there's high quality products there. 
So as you've probably seen with that, some of them are more measurable than others. Some of them are probably more realistic. Some of them are very aspirational. They're, they're, they're a big dream. As we said, some of them are based on competition. And it really should be for you, whatever suits you. But I think have a bit of fun with this and think about what would big success look like in the future. Engage your people with that. I mean, just to give you an example of mine, mine, for example, is to speak to an audience of over 500 people, which would be my own event in America. That would be a, a sign of massive success. I remember in the past, actually, when I was uh, did my first training abroad, abroad in Dubai and sort of sitting in the pool at the hotel the day before delivering the training and thinking, you know, wow, what a, what a, what a big dream achieved because it was a, a dream to walk, work abroad. But yeah, that's mine currently. And that's something I'm going to drive towards. So if anyone can help me with that, then um, by all means, drop me a line, get in touch. That'd be great to hear. So have a think about your aspirational vision. Have a think about your personal vision of where you want to be. And think about maybe the time span. It could be that you just leave it open-ended. Or it could be that you have an aspirational vision for where you want to be in one year, three year, five year, ten years time. And you might want to quantify that. And this can very much, I think, link into your purpose as well, I think. A lot of companies now are looking for the big why they do what they do and your aspirational vision can actually tap into that as well. So what would success and fulfillment look like for you in the future? What would it look like for your people? What would it look like for the organisation? And have a bit of fun and create an aspirational vision. So we've looked at a vision from a more, I guess, qualitative perspective. Let's go to a more sort of structured, quantitative view of vision. Now, as I said earlier, I think a good starting point for this is to actually evaluate where you are in the business currently, whether you do that idea of marking yourself out of 10 on the key aspects of your business and examine what needs to be done to move yourself close to a nine or a 10 or however you do it. But start to have the discussions about where there are gaps, where there are threats to your success, where there are fundamental flaws, where are you getting feedback from customers, where it's not working, where are your people aware that there are problems. Start to look first of all and have a, a really honest, clear view of where you are currently. But then once you know that point A, as I was describing earlier, it's about looking at where you want to be. Now, one of the tools that I use myself in with clients and actually with my own business as well, this is a big drive for my own business, is to use a, a very visual approach to this. So what you can do is draw three concentric circles. So you have an inner circle, a middle circle, and an outer circle. Now each of those circles then will represent, the inner circle will be year one of your business or the next 12 months. The middle circle will be two years and the outer circle will be three years. You can play with this. I've, I've had clients who have just wanted to use this approach for a year. I've had clients who want to do it differently and have a 90-day inner circle, a one-year middle circle and a three-year outer circle. So you can adapt this and make it right for you, really. But once you've decided on what each of those three circles represent, inner circle, middle circle, outer circle, then it's about drawing axes, or almost like spokes on a wheel, and I mean, I typically work with around about eight spokes, but it really doesn't matter. I've seen companies who've had five, six spokes, companies with more spokes, 10, 12. And those spokes will be, some of them will probably be fairly 
typical of what anyone would have. It might be, what are we going to do in terms of our people? What do we want to do in terms of our financial performance? What do we want to do in terms of our operational efficiency, our customer service? But then there might be specific ones for you. Um, Often my clients will have a spoke where they want to focus particularly on a new product development or a new service development. So make those spokes, whatever are the key sort of areas of your business and draw them on the, uh, on, the, on the diagram with the three circles. And then what you can do is start to plot where would you like to be in three years time in terms of people? You know, what is that? Is that 150 people with a, two new business development managers and an account manager? All of those kind of things. Um, do, we, do we need certain qualifications for our people? So starting to sketch what three years looks like. And then if, to get them in three years, where would we be in two years? And where would we be in the next year? So what you're doing then is basically lining things up so that you know where you want to be in three years. So, okay, what are we going to achieve in the next 12 months on that path towards three years? What are we going to achieve in two years on that path towards three years? And then where do we ultimately want to be? And I use the people example there. But for each of those different areas, do that. And again, I've done this often when I've gone into a client organisations but you could definitely involve either your senior team or if you're a smaller business, you could involve everyone in the business and you can either get some thoughts down on paper first, then share it with them and get their input. Or you can literally do this from scratch with them and say, okay, we've done a little bit of an evaluation of where we are. Let's talk collectively about where we want to get to in these different areas of the business. But it's a great visual tool both in terms of engaging your people and getting your thinking down. And I don't know about you, but in the past, I've put together business plans for my business. I've had my business 12 years um, now, which we're in 2019. But um, to be honest, and you know, fully enough, I remember going on a camping holiday years ago with my daughter and she was off with a friend that I was sitting in my tent working on this business plan in the early days of my business. But what happens with it? and I'm sure you're going to relate to this, very often the business plan gets written and shoved in a drawer or it doesn't get updated. Um, Whereas I think this kind of approach, this more visual, simple approach to strategy is something that actually you can quickly uh, put together um, and also you can update it. Um, Again, I when I work with my clients, I'll typically get them looking at it every sort of quarter, just see if we need to tweak anything, change anything. Certainly every year we do a revamp of the vision and actually you know, adjust the circles and look at it again. So you may need a business plan for investment reasons or whatever it might be, but seriously and genuinely, I have come across so many businesses where a business plan's been done, but never kept up to date and never really properly used. But this visioning tool, Um, people like it so if you've not tried this kind of approach before um, give it a shot and I think you'll find it it's a really great thing to do another thing you could do with this approach I do this personally is have one of the spokes that's for my personal aspirations where I want to be in terms of I don't know my fitness or whatever it might be or my own personal goals or you could I mean it's fine for me because I don't have people in my business currently but you could um, decide you want to have a completely separate tool or, or, or version of this for your own personal life. You could do it with your family, for example, and start to plot where you, the family would like to be over the next three years. 
But do the work on that, and I say, um, give it a try. If you've not done this before, give it a try, because I think you'll find it both really um, an enjoyable way of plotting out your strategy, definitely a way that you can interact with people more, and it's much more likely that you'll keep it up to date. Put a date in your diary every three months, or remind you in your diary every three months to go and have a look at it, see whether you're on track, and also if you need to tweak and change it. Because that's the other problem with business planning as well, isn't it? You don't then necessarily uh, keep yourself on track. And in the final skill of the Think, See, Do model, skill nine, we could actually look at 90-day planning to sort of dovetail with this. But for now, we're just looking at actually plotting out your future. And if you are going to keep yourself on track, another aspect also, obviously, is KPIs and measures. So what are going to be the important measures that show that you're moving on the right path. In fact, some of your ultimate goals with the spokes on the wheels may be to achieve certain measures. So having KPIs and continually monitoring them will be important. And again, I'm going to cover that one when we come to skill nine as well. So let's turn to the final aspect of an inspiring future vision or particularly how your organisation is seen or how you see the organisation. So we've looked at an aspirational vision for the future, a dreamlike vision for the future um, in terms of how you and your people see your company in the future. And you can potentially share that aspirational vision on your website and your marketing material. So people see the level of ambition, potential customers see that you're a company that's going places. And that can be a really engaging things for your potential customers as well. We've looked at a more structured approach to defining your strategy with the three circles and the spokes on the circles. And finally, I just wanted to look at how your customers see you and turn into that. So how are you seen by your existing customers? How are you seen by potential customers? And most importantly, I guess, how would you like to be seen in the future? So as part of this, it's good to take stock. It's good to get some feedback from clients. You can do that by actually sending them out questionnaires or just having a conversation with them. If you've got customers that you know very well and you trust you could say what do you think would um, really improve things for you in terms of you know delivering something that was more exceptional to you that you may be very happy with the service we deliver what if it was we were to raise the game even more and we're going to look at the whole customer service piece in skill nine in more detail but in terms of this future view of how you'd like to be seen do some work on your value proposition. So how do you currently differentiate yourself in the marketplace and what's your niche market, etc.? But what do you aspire to move towards? So it may be that you want to, in the future, go into a, a tighter niche. And so that will differentiate you more because you may be the only person offering your service in that particular niche with that expertise. But start to think about the product services you deliver, how you deliver, the results that you achieve for customers and what you want that to look like in the future. And then as well as that value proposition, then you can look at how you talk about your business externally. And so what are the key messages and how do you speak about your business? And make sure then that they're consistent across brochures, social media, profiles, you know, social media profiles, websites, your sales proposals. So know what your strengths are. Know what your key messages are about what you do well in terms of 
your service and products, your delivery, how you deliver them, results you achieve, etc. Because this is going to be absolutely vital to how you and your people see your organisation, but also how your potential customers will see you in the marketplace as well. So let's just round up on that whole area. So we've been looking today, as I say, about how you see your organisation and how you are seen or want to be seen by your organisation. And a lot of this is very forward looking. So what's your aspirational vision for the future? What is your structured strategy, your strategic vision for where you want to be in one, two, three years? And what does that look like in the different aspects of your business? And finally, how do you want to be seen in the marketplace? How do you want to be seen by your potential customers and your customers? And also something we didn't I didn't speak about just then, but also in terms of recruits as well, because recruits are becoming much more challenging. The people you're looking to recruit are becoming much more challenging in terms of the business they want to work for. They're going to want to know where you're going when you're interviewing them, particularly the more senior positions that you're looking to fill. They're going to want to know this. And if you just sit there dumbfounded, if they say where where you're looking to be as a business in three years and you've got no real clear idea of that, are you direction, that could potentially disengage new recruits. But if you sit there and say, in three years, this is our aspirational vision. We've got a structured strategy for three years to get us there. And this is how we want to be seen in the marketplace. Think how different that is to sitting there and twiddling your thumbs when you're asked to interview time by a potential recruit, somebody that you really want to fill a role about where the company's going. If I can help with any of this, by all means, um, drop me a line and say I actually work with clients on a regular basis in terms of plotting, plotting out strategy. And it's good to link this skill, this skill A, how you see your organisation, with how you think about your organisation. So what we what was covered in the previous podcast I did about freeing your thinking up more and being more creative and more strategic in your thinking. Because often the big problem is, and I cover this a lot with the think, see, do model. Most of us as leaders have got our heads down doing every day. There's a million and one things that are on the to-do list, on the task list that we haven't got around to. And we're trying to play catch up with that. But we don't actually pause and get our heads up and potentially stop our people and get them to pause and put their heads up as well and say, hang on a minute, we have got a lot of important projects working on at the minute, but what is the bigger bigger picture here? Because there is that, that view, isn't there, that you could be on um, a train and looking at the efficiency of the train, but actually are you on the right train line in the first place? I mean, I use this analogy a lot in my keynote speeches about we're often climbing mountains but how do we know we're actually climbing the right mountain? And I think getting this clarity in terms of where you're going in the future is a fundamental part of that. It's deciding whether you're on the right mountain, whether you're on the right train track, rather than just heads down moving forwards. Because this is a very fast changing world now. I think in terms of technology, politically, there's a lot of things shifting and moving around really speedily and they will continue like that very much so the next five or ten years. So doing what you've always done may start to leave you behind in the race. And so I think it is so critical to have that quality time to stand back from things and look. And that was both in relation to freeing your thinking up to be more creative and strategic, but also then how you plot your vision for the future. What does the future look like? 
we're going to finally move on to the, the ninth skill of the things they do model in the next podcast episode and it's very much interrelated with this because it is about world-class delivery and it's going to build on some of the themes on this one about how you get these sort of big visions and actually make them or turn them into meaningful short-term plans it's about having measures to keep on track to deliver against your strategy and also examining in much more detail how you improve your customer service and deliver something that is exceptional and will delight your customers so thank you again for spending time on the leadership mindset podcast series i look forward to being with you on the next one If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.